We're going over Rhodey's crushing victory over George Washington, as well as Rhodey's first loss in a while on the road to Dayton to snap that 10-game win streak. We'll talk all about it and analyze it in depth in this episode. We have it all here, all for you, on Ballin' with B-Show. Welcome to episode 16 of season 2 of Ballin' with B-Show. As always, I'm your host, Gavin B-Show. And Rhode Island had a pair of games this week. One against George Washington last Saturday and one a few nights ago on the road against number 6, Dayton. We'll get into George Washington last Saturday. The Rams traveled to the foggy bottom in Washington, D.C. where the Rams... We're battling it out for a little bit against George Washington, trading baskets, getting a little run, and George Washington had one of their own. Rhode Island was up 24-21 with eight minutes left in the first half. And then from there on out, the Rams used a 17-4 run to get a 41-25 halftime lead, and they cruised to the end of that one, absolutely demolishing the George Washington Colonials by 31 with a final score of 82-51. to 51. Fats Russell led the Rams with 24 points, 2 steals. Jeff Down had 14 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 steals. Cyril had 11 points, 13 rebounds. And Tyrese had 11 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 steals for him. The Rams as a team shot 51.8% from the field, 9 for 21 from 3, which is 42.9%. And they shot decent from the free throw line, around their average at 68%, making 15 of their 22 makes. And turning the ball over a little more than they usually do, a total of 17 times. On the other side, George Washington was led by Sean Walker Jr., who had 14 points, 5 assists. And he was assisted by Jameer Nelson Jr., who had 11 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. And Chase Parr, who ended up fouling out their forward, who was wrecking havoc on the Rams early in the game. Uh, he had 10 points and 8 rebounds. And the Rhode Island defense against George Washington was just locked down. They forced George Washington to only make 16 field goals out of 55 shots, 21.1% from the field. And they did shoot horrendously. George Washington from three, two for 23. And if you're interested, that's 8.7% um, from the three-point land. They did make their free throws going 17 for 23, around a 74% mark. And they did turn the ball over a lot. As we can go over this, uh, go against this Rory defense, and you're a struggling team like not struggling team, but mediocre team like George Washington, you happen to turn the ball over a lot. 20 turnovers for the George Washington Colonials. This game was not just uh, huge for Rody, but it made a statement. As George Washington was a pesky team going in, people thought this could be a trap game for Rhode Island. Uh, you better watch out for this game. And they just went in, handled business, hit threes, got to the line frequently, and made their free throws, and just dominated George Washington on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Rhode Island did so good. Actually, to start the game, who would have thought? 0-0, Cyril gets the ball in the wing, thinking he's going to hand it off, pass it. They leave him open. Cyril hits a three. Yes, he has made his first three of his collegiate career, 
and he hit a three. I, I couldn't even believe it when I saw it. I was watching it hit nothing but net. I was so excited. I was jumping up and down. I was like, Surreal hit a three, Surreal hit a three, Surreal hit a three. Because it's just a crazy sight. You never see him make free throws. Nevertheless, step back three feet, uh, three steps to the three-point line. You don't think he's going to have any good luck there. Hits nothing but net. We'll table it for the time being as a lucky shot. Unless he starts bringing that out more frequently, which I hope he doesn't because he probably will miss. So that's the roadie recap. Not much, just an absolute thumping of George Washington at their place last Saturday. And then, of course, yeah, last Tuesday, two days ago, Rhode Island traveled on the road to the number six team in the country, the Dayton Flyers. And the problems we thought with Dayton were their offense. Offense officially is key. Uh, if you want to stop Dayton, you got to play defense. Also, if Obviously, it's going to be hard to stop Dayton, so you're probably not going to fully stop him at all. If you do a little bit, that's good, but you got to score points. you got to score upward of 75, 80 points. The Rams didn't either of those. Dayton got out to a 17-0 lead. Yes, you heard that right, 17 to nothing um, in the first five minutes. It was just, wow. It was not the prettiest sight of all, I mean, they were just hitting threes. They were hitting deep threes. Of course, some of the looks were tough to get, but they probably had four or six points off turnovers and just bad shots. Rhode Island came out cold and jittery, and I don't know. The Rams did not have it in them in those first five or so minutes. They were taking bad shots. They were missing layups. They were turning the ball over um, a couple times, and Dayton turned that into fast break points and into contested made threes. And the goal I said last time was to stop Obi Toppin and Jalen Crutcher. And those were the two highest scorers for Dayton. After that 17-0 lead, Rhode Island fought back, thinking get within 10 by halftime. This game's within reach. An and one by Jacob Toppin pending the free throw. Put the Rams down, only down by 10, 39-29. to uh, with 2 minutes and 39 seconds left in the first half. After a Dayton technical foul and all those sorts, Rhode Island seems to be back in this game and have momentum. A missed free throw from Jacob Toppin, an out-of-bounds call that probably should have went Rhode Island's way, led to a technical on the Rhode Island bench, which was heartbreaking. It was absolutely heart-wrenching, heartbreaking, heart-cracking. That technical foul stopped all Rhode Island's momentum, Dayton got two shots in the ball. They hit those two shots, and Obi Toppin hit a three when they got that ball. A five-point possession, and after another missed shot by the Rams, they fouled right away for some stupid reason. Dayton got two more points. Round got two more on free throws to end the half. They were down 49-35. to 35. Just being within 10 could have been nine with all the momentum. Now it's a 14-point game at halftime, but the Rams did not uh, coming out of the second half cold. They scored two quick layups to make this game a 10-point game, 49-39 with 19 minutes left, and Dayton decided to go on an 8-0 run and then just absolutely cruised. Um, seemed like they were on cruise control uh, with 15 minutes left in the first half, but it got a little shaky. They brought back in Toppin, and man, he really killed Rhode Island. He had a Actually, a windmill and one on his brother, Jacob Toppin. It wasn't really on him. Everyone's telling me, oh, see, he dunked it on his brother. Not really. Uh, Jacob Toppin slapped his wrist because he was thinking maybe he goes up with the right hand, steal that away, but then he pulls it to the left side, and windmills the crap 
out of the ball. It's all over ESPN. He, uh, I got a Bleacher Report, like two ESPN alerts. Obi Toppin dunks on his brother. It was just not a pleasant sight. Rhode Island did poorly uh, with shot selection in total, I would say, throughout the whole game. That was one thing to highlight what they did bad. Shot selection was definitely it. Dayton Cruz to a victory over Rhode Island, 81-67, to a 14-point victory for the home Flyers. The Rams were led by Fats Russell, who actually got um, hit in the eye um, in that second half and had to be taken out for a couple minutes. But something to notice, there were seven technical fouls. Yes, seven technical fouls. I know most of you know this, but seven technical fouls, that's like URI, West Virginia, 2018, at Mohegan Sun, like, foul-like. Like, the refs were not afraid to blow the whistle. There were two double techs one with, uh, where Fats actually got injured. That was a double tech on Fats and, I think, Trey Landers or Chapman, Chapman maybe. And then there's a double tech on the other side between, I think, Antoine Walker and Trey Landers as well. He got, uh, or, yeah, Trey Landers, that means Fats and Chapman got into it. And then there was one to both benches. That's six. And then Tyrese Martin got a technical foul, which seemed completely bogus. Um he actually uh, shot the ball from the corner, uh, a two-pointer, got fouled. And then walking to the free-throw line, he, like, turned and, like, mumbled something. I don't know. I, I can't tell because the sound went, like, there's no mics on the players, obviously. But it wasn't like he was yelling something. He was, like, it looked like he was actually, like, singing a song to himself. Like, it was weird. Like, he was just, like, like I don't, I don't know how to describe it. He wasn't yelling. He didn't seem like he could talk to anyone. Looked like that person was like a foot away from him, but from the camera angle, it didn't look like it. And then the refs just teched him up. So that was completely weird. And so yeah, Fats. Get back to Fats. He started off slow. He had only two points the first half. I mean, he wasn't making shots. The fadeaways weren't going in. Layups were. He was struggling, but he did score 17 points in the second half. He did will his way with free throws and layups. He made some tough shots. Um, but he ended up with 19 points, 4 assists, 2 steals. Tyrese Martin uh, had a solid game, 15 points, 8 rebounds. Cyril, 10 points, 13 rebounds, 2 blocks. Still shows that he's an absolute beast against whoever he plays. And then Jeff Downton, who also wasn't making shots, uh, 11 points, 4 assists. And this is probably why Rhode Island lost the game. is that They had their worst shooting night. Uh, statistically, they went 19 for 66, 28.8% from the field. I mean, if you're going to play a team like Dayton that's so offensive heavy that you need to score points, going less than 30% from the field is not ideal. And making less than 20 field goals, not ideal. Shooting 20% from three, third, three for 15, again, not ideal. And Ron still managed to get 67 points out of it because 26 of them were from the free throw line. They did unbelievable 26 for 38, around 68%. The Rams love 68% from the free throw line. And guess what? Although 68% is not the highest, Radon gets to the free throw line god darn much. They got to the free throw line 38 times. I mean, one of the key, if they success, uh, successfully did something in that Dayton URI game, in that Dayton game uh, on Tuesday, that was against the free throw line. Because even though they're going to shoot 68%, they're still going to get upwards of 30 looks, which means they're going to make it at least. 20 free throws a game. If they can keep doing that, that would be huge for the Rams. And they only turned the ball over after a couple turnovers early, only seven times. I think one of their best uh, turnover uh, games, uh, games when it comes to turnovers and turning the ball over. But then we look on the other side of the ball, 
you look at the stats, not too bad. I mean, six, seven points, a little low, but everyone's having some wealth, you know, sharing the wealth a little bit. But then you look on the other side. Dayton had 81 points. They shot 27 for 54, which is 50% from the uh, field. They did not shoot that well from three. Actually, they shot well early from three. I think they started four for five, and then they ended up one for 14 the rest of the way out with 26%. So after they got hot, Rhode Island started stopping them from three, which is, you know, the plan to do that the whole game instead of letting that happen in the first five minutes and them going four for five led to their big run. Dayton shot 84.6% from the free throw line, going 22 for 26, turning the ball over 14 times, which shows that the Rams did turn the ball over, play solid defense when it comes to being aggressive and getting turnovers. And I don't want to say 81 points is good, but with the start they had, they were on pace for 100-something points, going 17 points in five minutes. So, I mean, they definitely stepped it up in those last 35 minutes um, on defense, uh, defensively-wise. But the offense was just excruciating to watch. Uh, but let's talk about Dayton's players. Obi Toppin, of course, 22 points, 10 rebounds, and a windmill dunk over his brother. I, I'll just give it to him. Jalen Crutcher, 21 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, did everything. He was unbelievable. Um, just an all-around athlete, all-around player. Scary, though, for Dayton. He actually hyper extended his his knee, I think, late in that second half, or in the mid, middle of the second half, and he had to be taken out. It, it you know, it, that could have been terrible, but it uh, ended up for the good. And I'm actually kind of, you know, relieved because that would have been terrible to see him tear his ACL when he's up 20 against Rhode Island. You never want to see that to an opponent or anything, even if he's a really good player. So yeah, but Dayton caught a break there, and then Trey Landers, of course, 10 points, 14 rebounds as a guard. And two steals. I don't know. I mean, Rhode Island went down 17 nothing. of course. There's nothing much to say about that. But then they outscored Dayton 67-64 the rest of the way out. So it was pretty evenly matched the rest of the way out. Rhode Island just started really slow from the field. And I think what killed them was definitely shot selection. I mean, they started off taking, you know, heat check shots uh, at 0-0. Some fadeaways, some tough shots. Um, they, didn't, they didn't fall for five minutes, which really killed them and let Dayton get out uh, easy into that Rhode Island defense uh, by just getting rebounds and getting outlet passes on the fast break. But even in the second half, I feel like it was just so tedious. Like not tedious. It was just so prolonged. It would be a roadie stop. Roadie fadeaway jumper contested by three people miss. Roadie stop. Roadie miss layup. Dayton three, Rhode Island foul, make one free throw, Rhode Island stop, Dayton stop after Rhode Island hits a, shoots a bad three, or air balls a three, rims out a layup, it was just so excruciating to watch, it was like watching, I don't know, Fordham play basketball, no offense, we have them in a couple, uh, in a week or two, hopefully we don't lose to them, hopefully we don't lose to Fordham, but I don't think this is the end of the world, I'm kind of... The way my mood is right now is definitely not because they lost. It's just because they played very poorly. But look on the bright side, they still scored 67 points. I don't know how, probably because of the free throws. But when you score 67 points and you shoot less than 30%, I mean, that's pretty good. Of course, the defense has to get better when we meet them in March. On senior night, we obviously have to do something different than Jermaine Harrison, uh, Obi Toppin, 
Not saying Jameer Harris did a bad job, but Obi Toppin did an unbelievable job. I knew it was going to be a rough night once he hit um, a fadeaway, you know, contested uh, shot over Jameer Harris. It's like, oh boy, I'm in for a long one. And it was a long one. If there's just take take key takeaways, Rhode Island can beat Dayton, and I truly mean that. They just got to stop the runs. A 17-0 run is a terrible way to start the freaking first half. Um, and that's just straight up. Anyone can look at that paper and be like, well, because it's a 17-0 run. Besides that, they won the game. Basically, they outscored Dayton, number six team in the nation, on the road. So we get them back at the Ryan Center. We got to play better defense, and I think the Ryan Center crowd will help that out. Um, got to keep them under 80 points. And Rhode Island's got to shoot 40% from the field at least. And that's below average. Their average right now is 43% from the field. They got to shoot below 40%, uh, above 40, 45% if they want a solid chance or a good chance at beating Dayton. And that's basically it. Gets the free throw line a lot and create turnovers. But, I mean, it is a solid job creating turnovers. They had 14. I mean, free throw line was great. They got to just do... Better in total, make Dayton take harder shots, and they're probably going to make them, but that's a better shot of that happening and losing than giving them easy baskets they'll easily win. So, Rhode Island's got to step up the defense and step up the offense. It's easier said than done, and I sound like a broken record, but that's that. Okay, that's going to be enough of the Dayton game. You know, put it behind us. Um, I have total faith in this team and what we're going forward. Dayton is the number six team in the nation, that's like playing Duke. If you I lost by 14 to Duke, I'd be so happy. But I really thought Dayton's beatable, and I think they are. And I think when it comes to the Ryan Center in March, on March 4th to your night, I think it would be a different story. Now, Rhode Island has one game this week coming to February. They have fewer games than they did in January. They had so many. Uh, they had like one every three days or something like that. But Rhode Island has one game this Saturday at 12 o'clock at the Ryan Center. They face the worst team in the conference, St. Joe's who are led by one person and one person only, Billy Lange, their coach. Just kidding. It's Ryan Daly. Ryan Daly is 20.4 points a game, 7.4 rebounds, and 4.3 assists. He does everything. And when I mean everything, if you go to ESPN, go to St. Joe's, go to statistics, all you'll see when it says leader in points, leader in rebounds, leader in assists, all you'll see is Ryan Daly's face across the board. He's insane. I mean... Not saying St. Jones team is bad because it's pretty bad, but Ryan Daly can start on any like that. He can be the star player on any team, like Rhode Island, Dayton. Like he would start on any team, not just because it's St. Jones. He is really good and he's really tough in the lane. He gets fouled. He makes free throws. He's like a Fats Russell, but just imagine a Fats Russell, but just a bigger built and like six three. Like that's Ryan Daly, and if Rhode Island wants to win. And they win by a lot, and they want to make a statement after that Dayton loss. They just gotta stop Ryan Daly. I mean, five on one, not the best idea. Three on one, maybe, possibly. I don't know. Who knows? Two on one, getting a little close. One on one, oh boy, he might go off. But if Rody can limit his touches and limit his good shots, uh, or open shot selection and open shots, I think we're down and do fine. Uh, he's assisted by Cameron Brown who averages 9.1 points a game, 4.4 rebounds, and Miles Douglas forward, who's averaging 8.3 points. St. Joe's shoots a pitiful 40, uh, 38% rather from the field, 30% from three, 70% from the free throw line, which is pretty average, and then turn the ball over 13.8 times. They are 4-20. and 20. 
and 0-11 in conference play and winless. Yikes. And of course, you know, you or I, led by David Cox, hashtag in Cox we trust. The Rams are 18-6, and 10-2, led by Fast Russell, who's having a huge season. He's actually nominated as one of the top 30 Naismith candidates today. He's averaging 20.3 points a game, 4.5 assists, 3 steals, and he's shooting 37% from the 3-point line. So much better from last year. Uh, I think it was like 22%. Really ugly. So... That's, you know, obviously, if there's one bump up in his game, obviously, the, the steals is obviously thing. He's always been stealing the ball, not as much as he has been this year, but also the ability to make threes. Uh, we saw a little bit of that, a glimpse of that his freshman year, and then sophomore year when we were banking on it, when we need some tough wins, Fats kind of dissipated. But now he's back. Now he's balling. Uh, balling with URI, balling with B-Show, doing everything right. And then Jeff Dowden, of course, having the 14 points. Really was his first off game uh, against Dayton. Because against George Washington, he didn't take a lot of shots. He still managed to get, I think, 11 or 12 points out of that. But Dayton was his first real off game. He took a lot of shots, uh, and he missed. Like, he missed a couple layups he usually, he usually makes. And a couple jump shots that usually fall. And they didn't. Um, and then you have Tyrese Martin, who's averaging 12.5 points and 6.7 rebounds. He's having a great year. And Cyril Langevine, who was last year's uh, not uh, last week's rather a ten player of the week. He's averaging ten point one points a game and ten point three rebounds. The Rams shooting average with forty three percent from the field, thirty two point four percent from three, sixty eight point nine percent from the free throw line, and twelve point two turnovers a game. Look at these stats. This team looks like if you were to put a record on these stats, not looking at the players, of course. If you're just looking at these stats, I would put a record. I'd put like. 15-9, and 14-10, just in the middle of the pack, mediocre, not mediocre stats, but just maybe a little above average, middle of the pack, 8-10, maybe maybe looking for a four seed. But the way Rhode Island is playing on defense, creating turnovers, and getting to the free throw line so often, that's what's making this team, um, where uh, that's what made this team where they are now, at 18-6, and 10-2. I would have never predicted this. Um, like, I'm thinking, oh, we lost to Dayton on the road. Like, come on, that was a bad game. But, I mean, if you told me when we lost to Richmond and Brown back-to-back that we would be 18-6 and 10-2 and at this point, I'd be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. That means we beat VCU or we lost to Dayton or, like, we won, like, two or three of those big games. Like, ah, like, that's really good. And I'd be, like, really excited. So why not be excited still now? I mean, this team's still doing great things. They still got a great, you know, foundation. And... I trust this team with any with all of my heart. I feel like that they've surpassed surpassed all expectations, and they're just playing solid basketball. And of course, we run into Dayton. Dayton's a great team, of course. So that's definitely tough. Definitely tough. Um, but the last time these two teams played uh, in Philly, Rhode Island won this by uh, competition by 10, 71 to sixty one. And St. Uh, St. Joseph's led as much as 10 points in the second half. But Rhodey fought their way back and outscored them by 20 points in that 15-minute span to end the game. Radon needs to make a statement, and that's that. They need to go out and get a 20-30 point victory over St. Joe's and assert their dominance. So yeah, that's going to be, you know... Rodon's wrap-up, of course, not as exciting as the last ones. They, of course, didn't beat Dayton, but we still get another crack at him. I'm still excited for what the season has to bring. I mean, it, 
everyone's reacting the world's ending. Like, Rodon played bad. They lost to Dayton. But, like, Rodon moved up in the net ranking by one, and they moved up in the Ken Palm by two. I mean, there's nothing to be ashamed of losing to Dayton, number six. But when they come to our house, we'll be looking for blood. We'll be looking for revenge, and we will be looking to take a W against a team like Dayton, who has some tough games coming up in Duquesne, VCU, and Davidson, I think. I think it's Davidson, VCU, and Duquesne. And, I mean, if they can come into the Ryan Center top four and the Rams upset them, that would be huge, especially going to conference tournament time, get them that confidence. Whew. Take a breath. Now that we're done with the Rodon wrap-up, that was a long one. Uh, really got to analyze that dating game. We're going to go into A-10 play. We're going to look into last week's A-10 play. And, of course, on Friday, VCU played Davidson on ESPN2, where VCU took care of Davidson, 73-62. to On Saturday, you had URI's win over George Washington. Dayton squeaking out the home victory over St. Louis, 71-65 in the Arch Baron Cup. Seems like St. Louis is the only one besides Duquesne who's really had two great shots to win, uh, great uh, chances to win against Dayton. They came down close at the end, but Dayton just pulled away. Richmond had a scary one against Fordham. 59-53. St. Bonaventure defeated Duquesne by three on the road, 83-80. St. Joe's def- uh, got absolutely crushed by LaSalle by 17. And then on Sunday at one game, George Mason lost to UMass. I mean, I don't even know how that happens, saying that on Tuesday, uh, you had the Ron Dayton game, St. Bonaventure be St. Louis, no, St. Joseph's by 18. Ah, and then Davidson crushed Fordham by 30. So, you know, George Mason losing to UMass. I mean, they got smoked by Rhode Island. They beat VCU at VCU. I completely don't get it, but it happened. George Mason won 72-65. to Of course, A.J. Wilson had 14 points, 11 rebounds, and 5 blocks and led George Mason to upset VCU on the road. That is just crazy. And then, of course, Richmond taking care of LaSalle. By 27-74 to 47. We look at the A-10 standings as of today. Dayton in first place at 11-0. Rhode Island at 11-2, and uh, 10-2 in second place. Uh, one and a half games behind the Flyers. St. Bonaventure at 9-3. Richmond at 8-3 in fourth place. VCU at 7-4 in fifth place. Duquesne at 7-4 in sixth place. And then you have St. Louis, Davidson, who are tied at 6-5. George Washington and UMass. Four and seven. George Mason was two and eight. Now they're three and eight after they beat VCU. LaSalle at two and nine. Fordham at one and ten with their only win over only zero and eleven. St. Joe's. So that's the rundown. And I'm looking right now. I'm looking right now at Rhode Island and you know St. Bonaventure plays uh, Richmond. VCU plays Richmond. Richmond has some tough games left. If there's one team that wants to fall, it's definitely Richmond. Because come tournament time, man, they're a solid team and they beat Rhode Island. Rhode Island, you know, doesn't have the easiest guys left. They have home versus St. Louis, which they should win, on the road against Davidson. Not saying they shouldn't, but they're 8-1 and at home, Davidson is. And pretty scary stuff. I mean, Davidson could be very tough. And I assume it probably is going to be tough with the crowd there. And Steph Curry on their side, and I don't know. Um, that's going to be a tough game. So Rhode Island needs a two-game cushion. So we should basically need St. Bonaventure to lose a game, and for VCU and St. Bonaventure both to beat Richmond, Rhode Island should be comfortable for the two-seed there. 
um, at 14 and four would be there. You know, I'm thinking 14 and four is the worst Rhode Island can do, and I'm looking for 15, three, maybe 16 and two, depending on that Dayton game at home, uh, how they do. But I feel like Rhode Island has a very good chance of the two seed. They just need a couple things to fall their way as they don't play Richmond again, which I wish they did get another shot at Richmond on the road um, to maybe bring them down. But that's the 8-10 lookout uh, from last week. But ahead this week, we got a couple games. Davidson at St. Bonaventure should be an intriguing one at the Riley Center tomorrow night on ESPN2. And then Saturday, you have St. Joe's, Rhode Island, Dayton, UMass, LaSalle, St. Louis, BCU traveling to Richmond, which is big for Rhode Island, and George Washington and George Mason. And on Sunday, Duquesne visits Fordham. I feel like Duquesne's going to lose that game just because Duquesne, Fordham, you know, played Richmond pretty well and lost by six. They were leading that game the whole time until they really blew it against Duquesne. And then next Tuesday, you have Davidson St. Joe's, St. Louis UMass, and then on at 8.30 on CBS Sports, number six, Dayton travels to VCU for that part two of that game. I kind of want Dayton to win, not just to sink VCU and just completely knock them out over down Island site, but also to make sure Dayton gets really good. Because I don't want Dayton to lose until we play them. I want to beat them at home when they're undefeated. That's just, I think everyone wants that. And then next Wednesday, George Mason at Richmond, which could be a sneaky game. I mean, George Mason definitely had a fluke game against VCU, but if they can bring that against Richmond, that could be that could potentially be a good game. And then George Washington travels to Duquesne, and Fordham travels to LaSalle. That's what next week looks like in the A-10. And... Quickly, I'm going to go over next week's games to watch out for in college basketball. Tonight, number 16, Colorado, travels to number 17, Oregon. Big game for the Pac-12. Number 14, West Virginia, travels to number 1, Baylor on Saturday. Should be the game of the day. And then on Tuesday, Illinois, number 22, travels to 13, Penn State. Yes, Penn State is number 13. I don't know what's going on, but they're playing some solid basketball. It's only February. Just remember that. And then... Number 23, Creighton travels to number 18, Marquette. And number 12, Kentucky travels to number 25, LSU. And on Wednesday, you have Butler, number 19 in the nation, traveling to number 10, Seton Hall, who just lost the other night to Creighton. That's a quick, you know, college hoops update across the nation for you guys. So, Radon, only one game this week uh, on Saturday at the Ryan Center, 12 o'clock against St. Joe's. And if you're still worrying about the Dayton game, don't. It's going to be alright. We're going to recover. Alright? Like, don't worry about it. They're number six in the nation for a reason. They're very good. Just let's move on. Radon needs to make a statement by making a couple, getting a couple great wins, you know, and coming out hot. They can beat Dayton, trust me, but they can beat him on March 4th. They can't beat him last Tuesday because it already happened. So let's look to the future. Alright? We can't look back anymore. Alright? Rhode Island has big Big, big matchups when it comes to Davidson and St. Louis in a couple weeks, as well as, of course, when Dayton comes back into town. So, that's going to be it for this podcast. I reassure you, this team is all good. No panic here. St. Joe's on Saturday. Um, hopefully, we're going to make a statement game there. And, yeah, stay tuned for next Thursday's episode, as we'll be talking about Rodon's upcoming game on the road against Davidson. And, as always... Roadie, roadie, roadie.